0: As far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a Cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. Thank you very much again for everyone who tunes in each and every week. I love watching those podcast milestones tick up, and I appreciate those. Also, tuning in on the YouTube, Uh, I think we're at 81 subscribers at 100. uh, We get that wonderful URL, so we can actually have Pirate Talk uh, Radio on YouTube, and it's not just some nasty blurbage of text and that fun stuff. So if you enjoy pirate talk radio, uh, maybe you're watching listening to it on uh, Spotify or Apple or any of your podcasting apps, go over to the YouTube, find pirate talk radio on the YouTube. Uh, the link is in the show notes of the podcasting apps and uh, hit a subscribe on there. Um, get us to a hundred. So we can, uh, we can then uh, name that URL. If you are a fan on the YouTube, please do share this in all your community discords, Twitter, share it, like whatever you can do. Let's get over 100 so we can get that URL. Um, Before we get too into this, I know a lot of people have been waiting to hear my uh, take on Season 8. Last week, we we looked at the trailer uh, for Season 8. Uh, and we kind—I of, kind of broke down what I thought season eight uh, was going to be. I did finally get a chance uh, on my Saturday stream with uh, Captain Logan last week uh, to have my first experience playing uh, season eight. Had a lot of fun, a um, lot of frustration as well, but had a lot of fun uh, and took down some notes as far as my overall feelings. So we'll get into that today. Now that I've played it, um, and 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 do that. We've got some news as well. Uh, the next adventure trailer is. Coming up very very soon, um, and then um, then also we've got some Twitch drops going on. So lots going on, and I also have a real life story for you, which we will uh, get to quick. I know a lot of people who are listening to this. They're like, "Oh, this is Pirate Talk Radio. We don't want to hear about your life story." Look, this is a hilarious thing. It's a short story, and I will tell you that after we thank the wonderful, the glorious, the notorious patrons that financially contribute each and every month to my content specifically pirate talk radio so thank you very much to Blade X Life Jackbull Skmelt 6 6 six. He's still trying to get that seven, but he hasn't quite got there yet. Uh, Lane and Regis Stella. Thank you very much for your continued support of my content. And if you would like to get exclusive unlock swag, t-shirt stickers, holiday cards, the holidays are coming up. So you, if you want a holiday card from me, you better uh, get on one of those tiers soon because, uh, I, I know I've got two to send out and, uh, well I've ordered them. So if you don't get into the patron soon, uh, you're not getting your holiday card this year. Sorry. Um, they're really cool. Uh, I think the folks that are getting holiday cards this year from their patron tier are going to uh, enjoy them immensely. I I, I, I it took a long time to find them, and I think they're really cool. So if you want to check out the patron, you can go over to patreon.com slash DavramTV. You get this episode every Pirate Talk episode early before the general release. Uh, and there's also some other content that I'm hoping I'm going to be able to get uploaded of some gameplay of things that I do off stream. Uh, I play a lot of destiny and uh, sea of thieves, obviously on stream, but there's other games that I do have time to play, um, off stream a little bit with some friends. Um, so I, I plan on, uh, uploading some of those, uh, gameplay times cause they're always hilarious, um, to the patron for an exclusive perk for anyone tuned in. So make sure you check out the patron. Um, also that is also where, uh, any, any patron exclusive perks like, um, our monthly meetings and stuff like that, uh, that's where I will announce those. So, uh, if you are signed up to the patron, any of you folks that are uh, wonderful supporters, make sure you are checking, uh, the patron. There is a, a patron app for your phone. Uh, but that is where I will post information as far as, uh, uh, monthly meetings and and things like that. Uh, I do plan on doing a movie night, um coming up soon. So um, that will also be um talked about on the patron itself. So if you want to again check that out, if you're not currently a patron, you want to go check it out and see what you can get uh for your money, go over to patreon.com slash TV. So let's start with this personal real life story. So as you all may know, or some of you may be listening for the first time and don't know, I do a lot of work with charity. All my stream money goes directly to charity. Um, raise a lot of money throughout the years, make uh, appearances um, um, across the country, and, and and raise money for Extra Life and helping children's hospitals. Well, because of this, I was uh, requested to be at a an event called Dinner with the Doctors, and what this is is a very, very high roller, high end, big money event. Crazy food, open bar with ridiculously high-end liquor. I was invited to come to this event because of the... Work I do uh, to raise money, and again, thank you very much anyone who has donated um, any of the years, any of the nine years that I've done this. Thank you very much. Uh, Donations are open all year long. You can always get the link uh, in the show notes if you want to throw a dollar or whatever um, there. Again, all the sub money, bit money, all that stuff from the stream also goes there. So um, any any sort of support on the Twitch um, or the Extra Life website itself goes you know to the charity. But I was. At this event, and I was told via email that this event is business professional. And if you're not uh, familiar with that term, that means you have to have a suit, a tie, and a button-down shirt. I am not a fancy person. Surprise, surprise. I don't get designer clothing. I, I just don't understand... I mean, I, I don't hate on people who do get designer clothing and want to look really nice all the time. That's good. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad that makes you happy. But for me, I'm a gym shorts, j- j- you know, gym pants, sweat pants, tank top T-shirt kind of guy. And uh, I don't own a button down or a tie. I am 36 years old, almost 37 years old, and I do not own a button-down T-shirt or long-sleeve shirt or a tie. I do, however, because I do Renaissance fairs and and steampunk events and stuff like that. I do have a suit jacket, uh, but I do not have a button-down or a tie. So I messaged the hospital representative, and I said, "Look, I'm a gamer, and this isn't indicative indicative of any gamer, but I am a gamer." Um, I do work in corporate America, but in a company that you can wear a T-shirt every day if you wanted to. I don't own this. And they're like, oh, that's fine. I said, really? Because it says that I'm supposed to have this. And I said, I've got Extra Life T-shirts, and that's the charity, so um, I'm just going to wear one of those with a suit jacket. And they said, that's fine. Now, mind you, that hospital rep was not in attendance that night. But as I drove up, mind you, I already, when I pulled up for valet parking, me, valet parking, okay, I don't do valet parking. I park myself all the time. I walk to where I need to go, parking garages, stuff like this. This was required valet parking, okay? So we're already in a realm that I am not used to. I... Have to get out of my car and hand my keys to this nice person who then drives my car somewhere I don't know, and I claim it later. I have a five-year-old Nissan Altima, and my license plate is very nerdy. I I I don't often take it through a car wash, uh, so it's not exactly spotless on the outside. And as I'm pulling in, there's like. Cadillac all shiny Mercedes all shiny BMW Audi Jaguar all shiny and polished and I'm like oh fuck this is not my place so I get out of my car I hand my keys and I walk into this place and mind you I have never seen so many rich people in one place in my entire life everyone is in suits and ties and furs and And there's more gray hair than I have ever seen in my entire life. And literally, I walk in and I thought I had stepped back into the Middle Ages and I was a leper. I had so many judgmental looks of my t-shirt with with my suit jacket on over it. I I, I felt like the biggest awkward turtle in the world. And I did talk to some people. And I've got some really cool things lined up next year for the charity. But... God, I was uncomfortable. And it was a lovely dinner, great drinks. I mean, high, high-end catering. Um, I, I was out of place. This was not my world. My world is behind a camera. My world is behind a table. My world is in the gym. And this was none of those things. And I I wanted... There's a picture, if you go over to my Twitter, you can see a picture of me that evening um, in my t-shirt and suit jacket, just kind of standing in a corner, uh, sipping on my smoked Manhattan and just wanting to die. So I just wanted to share that with everyone because I know there's a lot of people out there who listen to this show who have social anxiety. I'm usually okay in social situations. I don't really like big crowds. It makes me uncomfortable, but I deal with it um, with both the charity and pirate talk radio appearances and stuff like that. I deal with it, um, but I was so uncomfortable. So anyone out there who suffers from social anxiety, I get you. I feel you. I was in this situation. I was very uncomfortable. I kind of hid in the corner and stepped on a drink. So there you go. There's my awkward turtle moment for the week. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into Sea of Thieves because you're all like, I'm 10 minutes into this fucking podcast and he hasn't mentioned anything about Sea of Thieves. So let's do the news first. So first off, real quick, if you want to watch the trailer for the next Sea of Thieves adventure, it launches next week. I believe it launches on Monday. Um, and this is the adventure that revolves or starts to reintroduce a long villain in the game or Anti-hero, or whatever you want to call her, um, you know. I didn't ask to be cursed, Captain Briggsy, uh, and the trailer itself um, has uh, what? What's her name? Um, I always forget her name. Is it Tammy? It's not Tammy. It's uh, Tasha. Tasha. Uh, she is the kind of the main front uh, picture of the trailer. I believe it premieres on Monday on the Sea of Thieves uh, YouTube. So we will cover that next week, but I'm super excited about that. I think Briggsie, uh is a cool character, obviously very underutilized, um, though she has mentions in several tall tales. Uh, you only get to see her once, and that is when you fight her. Uh, in in the Tall Tales. So um, I'm really excited to see what they do with this uh, just because, again, we killed Briggsy, or we quote-unquote killed her. She was already a skeleton. Uh, Removed her head in which the green smoke, creepy juices were sucked out of it uh, by the Order of Souls and uh, gave us more hints about how to get to the shores of gold in the original nine Tall Tales. So excited to see what they do with Tasha. Uh, Excited to see what they do with Briggsy. Again, if you haven't done the Tall Tales, I strongly suggest it. Um, But at the end of the tall tale, when you uh, retrieve uh, Briggsy's crown and you give it to Tasha, you know, she's all very emotional because Briggsy was her friend. Briggsy was her idol uh, and she is the barkeep. And she's uh, she said that maybe, you know, the time to go out on the seas and become a a pirate princess isn't over for her. So I'm excited to see what they do with the storyline. Obviously, it breaks apart from the Flameheart storyline that we've been doing for so long. It breaks off from the Dark Brethren and it kind of has. Has an opportunity here to take a new turn in the story. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do uh, with Tasha and what they do with Briggsy. The other thing going on right now this weekend uh, when this releases to everyone um, drops will be already well underway. Uh, so make sure you're getting over to Twitch and tuning into a Sea of Thieves partner. There's a whole bunch of new partners out there. So make sure you go and give them some love. But this is your opportunity to pick up the Eastern Winds equipment uh, so that is the lantern and the shovel uh the speaking trumpet those type of things there are four items that you can get so a four total hours that you need to watch a partnered streamer claiming the drops each hour before you actually get progress on the next drop so make sure you go over to twitch check out a sea of thieves partner and make sure you are getting your drops um the eastern wind set is a very nice recolor of the um of the ashen uh dragon set really really Nice uh, recolor with some blues and some gold and some like dark black colors in it. So really, really nice um, recolor, I think. Um, but if if you're interested in getting those, if you're a completionist, collectionist like me, uh, make sure you go over to Twitch, check out a, a Sea of Thieves partner, uh, watch for four hours, uh, make sure your uh, account, your proper account is linked um, for the Twitch drops, and get your Eastern Winds equipment. Season eight. Season eight. Last week I said, I said season eight is the greatest update that Sea of Thieves, or sorry, I said it was the biggest game changing update that Sea of Thieves has ever done. Bigger than a a pirate's life. Uh, Bigger than Hungering Deep. Um, Because it impacts so much of the game. And it impacts a piece of the game that in all honesty has been forgotten. And I won't say forgotten by players, but has been forgotten by Rare. And that is the PvP side. Now, I'm not saying Rare does not think that its game is PvP. I'm not saying that Rare is not constantly working on on ways to improve PvP. But what I'm saying is if you look through all of the updates, aside from when they introduced Arena, the game has been primarily focused on PVE content. So story content, um, you know, introducing adventures, tall tales, new voyages. And yes, all of those things then encourage PVP for pirates like me who like to go out and, and, and attack and steal, but actually a PVP centric, um, update Arena has been the only one that we've really truly got, which really says, okay, if you are interested in PVP, this is your update. This is what you can go do. Go do this. If you want to PVP season eight is the PVP update. And I said last week, uh, now you have PVE servers and PVP servers, not actually, but in all honesty, if you go out Uh, and you want to do PvE stuff, you are much less likely to get attacked by someone. Because anyone who wants to PvP are actually diving down and invading someone else um, for PvP. So it's making the Seas more PvE-centric for those players who are not interested in PvP. With all of that being said, I think this update can quickly... And unfortunately, lose its hype (coughs) and become dead very quickly. This uh, update has been out for a week um, and people are still enjoying it. Obviously, people are still trying to unlock cosmetics, which is always a big driver. They're trying to get the new curses, either the skeletal curse or the um, Athena ghost curse. So there's a lot of players playing right now. However, there are a lot of issues and I was surprised. I was actually talking on stream last night when I was playing destiny uh, with some of the pirate talk radio folks who pop in and talk sea of thieves regardless, which is absolutely fine. And I encourage you to pop into the stream and talk about anything regardless of what I'm playing. I love conversation and we can talk about anything. I might not know shit about it, like someone was talking about football or soccer and the World Cup. I have no idea what it is, but if you want to come in and talk about it, we can talk about it, and I will, I will, I will have a conversation with you. But I, I mean, I don't know much about it. But we can have a conversation about anything that doesn't break Twitch Tos, of course. And in this conversation, um, it was brought up um, the the issues of, of season eight. And I said, I was surprised that season eight has been out for a week and there has not been a hot fix because I have gotten the major issues that I've either experienced or observed written down. And I've got them, um, broken apart into two, uh, groups. I have game breaking issues and I have annoying issues. And then I have a special category for the last issue. And with some of these, especially game breaking issues, um, I am surprised Sea of Thieves has not done a hotfix because some of these game-breaking issues are literally game-breaking. It literally puts you into a match that is impossible to win or reduces your chances of victory by so much it's not even worth playing. There are also the annoying issues, um, and these issues I I put under annoying um, because you can avoid them. Um, but it's the nature of the game and these are player driven issues, not rare coding issues. Um, so we'll, we'll break these down in that way. Um, but again, I want to be very clear because some of these will be the classic Davram rant and I will get heated about them, but I think Rare did with all the like this had to be a major undertaking for a very long time for some of these coders, because this is a major, major update to the game. And I want to be very clear in stating that I think season eight is a great season. And it has great potential right now. It is a great idea with average execution, Um, And some of you may disagree and say the execution's fine because you haven't experienced some of this stuff. But if you start experiencing some of these things, you may quickly start to say this game is stupid, this game is unfair, this game is ridiculous. Because there's a lot of players out there on Twitter, you can see, that are going absolutely ham on Rare because some of these things are unforgivable. But some of these things are also outside of Rare's control because it is a sandbox game. And it is a game where players are going to find ways to win regardless. And I always say it is not rare's job to code in a way that makes other players play the way you want them to play. That's not how this game works. This is a sandbox game. This is an open world game. This is a game where you get to play however you want within the rules. Maybe that involves running. People don't like that. Maybe it involves um, alliance servers. People don't like that. Maybe it involves silent boarding. People don't like that. Maybe it involves double gunning. People don't like that. Maybe it involves sword lords spamming M1. People don't like that. But at the end of the day, that is the player's individual choice to do those things. And it's not in Rares world to hard code something in there to stop it because it, it it's annoying and all of those things can be avoided mostly and it's not game breaking it's annoying it's frustrating but you can just either overcome it or you can move on and it's players are going to be players and in a game like Sea of Thieves where there's very few rules and you want to be able to experience and play the game you want to play This is going to happen. It doesn't matter what rare does. This is going to happen. You are always going to have players finding ways that you may not like them playing, but that's their way of playing. Okay. So let's start with the game breaking issues. These issues are truly game breaking and these issues are unforgivable that these were not addressed and fixed. Before this was released first, this is a PVP season and the feature of diving down and invading is all about PVP. It is also naval focused. You know, you can get boards, you can spawn camp if you're one of those folks and try to TDM whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you have to start on your boat, And if you want to beat the other crew without them scuttling, you have to put some cannon shots in them, or you're going to have to do firebombs or whatever. You're going to have to do damage to their boat. And the easiest way to do that is naval. However, there's one really key and important piece of the ship that require is required in order to do naval and that is the cannons. And with this update, there are times randomly and who knows how that cannons disappear. Like you come out of the waves like this like humpback whale in this epic moment with an outstanding soundtrack and your ship goes into the water and you look and you have no cannons. How in the Royal fuck are you supposed to do any sort of Naval combat? If you have no cannons, they're not there. There's nothing there to interact with. There's nothing there to aim. They are not there. They are gone. Does this happen all the time? No. Does this happen the majority of the time? No. But is it happening? Yes, it is happening. I've witnessed it. Many, many times, both on YouTube and on live streams, I have witnessed it, and there's really nothing you can do. All that you can do is turtle down, repair your ship, hoping they will miss some shots. You get over there, do firebomb spamming, and if it's something like a, a, a brig, it's going to take forever to sink uh, with firebombs. If it's a galleon, it's going to take way longer to sink, and if it's a sloop, it's still going to take a long time. The fact that Rare allowed this particular update to get out into the wild for players to play. And cannons are disappearing on the invasion spawn is an absolutely unforgivable game breaking bug that is absolutely ridiculous. There is no way if Rare put enough quality testing into this update that they should have done because of how big it is they should put large quality testing into everything but there is no way they did not receive this feedback there is no way they didn't see it themselves if they put enough time into testing this that they saw a ship spawn with no cannons there's no way they didn't catch this like like, they have to be blind. They have to be the worst testers in the world if they, if they did not run enough matches to not see this at least once. And seeing it once should have been enough of a red flag. It's like, we need to look into this because that cannot happen. That cannot happen. That is game breaking because literally it basically says whoever spawns with no cannons is not going to win. It's a guaranteed loss. And when this particular feature literally tracks your win streak, an automatic loss is unacceptable. If you get outplayed by someone, that is one thing. But if it's an automatic loss because of the game, that's a problem. Number two, supplies disappearing when you come out of the undersea. I have seen this happen both on live streams, live, and with myself. I've noticed it mostly and really, I think, exclusively with curse cannonballs. And I know they made some changes with the drop rate of curse cannonballs. But what happens is if your cursed cannonballs are in your inventory, when you do the tunnel, there is a chance that they will no longer be in your inventory when you emerge. So most players are putting their cursed cannonballs in the barrels and then grabbing them once they emerge because they're disappearing. This is a problem. This is a problem with a system of gameplay where supplies are critical to win are cursed cannonballs critical for winning no but they help a lot but if you've taken the time to supply your ship up and you have cursed cannonballs having them disappear is absolutely unacceptable and i will say the same thing i did with no cannons there is no way that if rare did enough and proper quality testing on this they did not notice it at least once And this is a type of bug where if you notice it once, that is a fucking red flag. That is a massive red flag. It is game breaking that your supplies that you've worked and spent your time to get in order to give you an edge in a battle just disappear. I'm not saying that's an instant loss, but it is something that you were planning on having and, you know, you have a battle plan around having those particular items and they are gone. That is game breaking. And that is a problem. Again, not an instant loss like the cannons, but it is a huge problem. And there's no way, again, that if Rare did the proper amount of QA testing and their insiders provide feedback all the time. You cannot tell me that this was not reported at least once during this time. And if it's reported at least once, Rare should be like, okay, red flag, we need to figure out what is causing this and we need to resolve it. Number three, invulnerability. Invulnerability. All of these don't happen all the time. These are not things that are just popping up these are not things which are just like happening, right? These are things um, of which happen randomly, happen for no reason. But this invulnerability piece appears to be player triggered. So the player does something either through using the curse or the cosmetics or does some sort of up, up, down, down, left, right, A, B, select, start cheat code, but I don't know what it is, but the player becomes invulnerable. And when I say invulnerable, you can't kill them, but they also can't kill you, but they can interact with your ship. So that means you can't blunder them off or kill them as they climb the ladder has no effect on them. And so they can get on your ship. And they can drop your anchor. And then when you try to raise the anchor, they can just sit there and hold it. um, And you can't blunder them off the anchor because that doesn't work. Weapons don't work on them. None of that works on them. They are completely invulnerable. And they can basically just sabotage you. They can eat your food. they They can mess with your cannons. They can, like I said, drop your anchor and hold it. They can raise your sails and hold them. They can do any sort of sabotage on your boat. And you cannot kill them. And they cannot kill you. Again, this is completely game-breaking. Now, I do believe this is player done. and I believe this is an exploit that the player is actively trying to become invulnerable like that in order to be able to do these things. Um, And I believe that, you know, these players who are doing it should 100% be banned, but we are now a week into this season. I'm sure there's been plenty of reports of this out there because I've seen it all over Twitter and I've seen people bitching about this and showing video clips with gamer tags and doing this rare should be diving into this. We should have already had a hot patch on this particular, um, uh, season for those three things, period, end of story. Those three things along with our bonus issue, which has its own category, should have already been hot patched because right now those three items mixed with our bonus item, which is the last one we'll talk about, are causing players to become discouraged and not play this anymore. Where you were getting instant queue times um, uh, in the first couple of days, you're now having to wait uh, five, six minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes even on a duo sloop you're still having to wait time because players don't want to enter a battle where this kind of shit is happening it's unfair it's unacceptable and it just shouldn't shouldn't occur now some of those players who are not queuing up are queuing up with our next section of issues which I call the annoying issues. And the reason I call it the annoying issues is because these are item, these are issues caused by the player not the code, all right? Well, one is kind of caused by the code because they had it fixed at one point and now it's back, but it's it's overcome you can overcome it. Okay? So let's start with that one, that this one is code, but it's just annoying. It's not game breaking. And that is silent boarding. Silent boarding has been a thing that has came into the game and has, uh, has exited the game multiple times. It's very annoying the fact that you can flash your weapon up in aim down sights mode or sword up and block, grab the ladder and make zero noise um, grabbing the ladder instead of a little Sound that it makes when you grab the ladder normally, and a lot of times because you don't make the sound, if we, you know, the crew is deep into battle, you can easily get aboard, start killing, drop the anchor, etc., etc., um, before they even know that you're there. So, again, this has been an issue that's fixed, and Rare has a long standing issue of fixing these annoying bugs and then reintroducing them down the road because they're just not able to navigate their spaghetti code and keep things in line. I personally think silent boarding coming back in is completely unacceptable. I think rare should be ashamed at their coding with this. And I think they really need to focus on making sure when they fix a bug that it doesn't come back. There should be certain things that before they release an update, they are tested thoroughly silent boarding, food reg. Uh, bucket reg, double bucketing, X cancel stuff. Those things should be tested every single time. Every time they should have one person who just literally for hours a day before they push this update out, test silent boarding, test bucket reg, test Food reg test that kind of stuff. Test X cancel and making sure that stuff does not get reintroduced in the game. Rare has came out many times and saying these are these are bugs, these are unintended um, issues. But the problem is they keep letting it out in the wild. They keep fixing it, making the game better, making players happy that they're gone, and then reintroducing it by mistake because they don't know how to properly navigate the spaghetti code that Sea of Thieves is built on. Next, I told you, the next one I called, I called when this was introduced as the PvP season, I said one of two things. I said, one, Alliance servers are going to be pissed off because they're not going to partake in this. They are not going to be able to partake in this just like they can't partake in captaincy. That annoyed them then, and this annoys them now. I have gotten multiple screenshots from people who um, are fans of this show who are um, on Alliance server discords and sent me multiple pictures of the rules um, for the Alliance servers, which basically say if you touch after extensive testing, we have determined that the new PvP hourglass system is not a function that we will accept or use inside of our alliance server because it will break up our alliance if a boat loses and we will lose our fleet and thus if anyone touches the hourglass you will be banned from the server what i said was if the alliance servers were smart They would get a server full of galleons with one sloop or they would get one sloop, one brig and the rest galleons and they would find a spot on the map and they would spread out and they would become defenders and they would sit there. And then when someone invades, they would all attack them. I said this when this was announced, when this was said on the podcast with Mike Chapman, that season eight was the season of PVP. And then we saw the hourglass feature. I said that Alliance servers would utilize this to gain advantage. And in order to grind up the allegiance ranks, I said it, I called it. People told me I was crazy. People told me that wasn't going to happen. People told me that was crazy. Bullshit, because it is happening. There are plenty of videos out there, plenty of complaints out there where Alliance servers are doing just that. From anything from having a fleet of ships staring down your invasion to everyone on the server on a single boat, which is inside the circle with the other boats. And they're just all on one boat, so literally everyone could repair it. Like, if they're on a sloop, and you had, like, ten people on a sloop, everyone picks a hole, and you just stand there. There's a person on each cannon, there's a person on the map, there's a person everywhere. And you you could just overwhelm someone, right? It is happening. This, I think, Rare could take action on and do some code with. Um, Some of my suggestions for fixing this is, one... Um, they add the same style of feature in this as they have for an invader. Where you will not get invaded if you have a ship within two and a half blocks of you. Which means the Alliance server ships would then have to spread apart two and a half blocks in all directions. Does that mean they couldn't come in and interfere with the invasion? Absolutely they could. However, in a further distance away, they would have to come in. The other thing they could do is up that distance to three, four, five squares away, you won't get invaded. So basically, if if the ship is within an island range, you won't get invaded. They could do that, and I'm sure there's some tough coding that would involve, but ultimately, if you emerge and you're on a sloop and you emerge and you see your sloop, but then you see four galleons behind it, you know the writing is on the wall for you, and it's probably going to be an instant loss, unless somehow you manage to sink that one ship, but the other galleons are still going to probably bear down on you and kill you. I know it's shitty and this gives more ammo uh, to the folks that um, that are anti-Alliance server like myself, that these Alliance servers, Rare really needs to find a hard-coded way to stop Alliance servers in their tracks. Hell, there are several Alliance servers out there that, again, I've gotten DM pictures from people that are in these servers, that they are making money. They are making money off of Sea of Thieves by offering Patreon um, subscriptions to people, which allow them to jump the line, which allow them to get on boats sooner. They are making money off of Rare's game by basically charging people to play. The fact that Rare has not taken any sort of legal Uh, Attack on some of these servers is laughable to me because if I was rare, I would be like, look, this is our game and you are profiting on our game and that is wrong and illegal and we will take legal action against you. But at the end of the day, they've had two seasons which have hurt Alliance servers, both through captaincy of when the captain logs off, the boat is no longer a captain boat. And now with this, with the invasion and defense has definitely put fear in the Alliance servers to not take part in the hourglass in hopes or in, in, in the risk of losing their PVE fleet. But some of them have a little bit more balls than others and are taking action in order to allow themselves to take part in the allegiance system by making it a, a four-on-one or five-on-one situation. The final one that I have here in the issues for annoying issues is an issue that has been a part of Sea of Thieves for a long time, and that is running. Um, I was watching uh, LD, uh, LD Silver uh, the other weekend, Um, after I got done streaming and he had a fight with someone that lasted two and a half hours because every time they got hit by a single cannonball, they would run in the opposite direction. They would come back to fight, but every time they got hit by a single cannonball, they would turn and run in the opposite direction. Finally, after two and a half hours of fighting, one of LD crew, one uh, uh, I believe the the crew member that LD was with, finally got aboard. Uh, they tried multiple times, but the ladder guarding was pretty good. Finally, got aboard. And killed them quite easily once they were on board and then the battle was over. But they continually ran. And I have been a huge advocate of saying even runners in Sea of Thieves, you have a way to stop them. A lot of people get very frustrated with runners. A lot of people, I understand why you get frustrated with runners. But at the end of the day, this is a naval game. Outsail them. You now have a reduced area in which they can sail. You can Use strategy to cut them off and push them in directions that you want them to go Um, because ultimately if they're running from you attacking them, just cut them off. It's a circle. You can look where they're heading and you can adjust your heading and actually put some strategy in there. A naval game is not I punch your face, you punch mine, and we will see who passes out first. If you want that type of PvP, go play Overwatch. If you want that type of PvP, go play Destiny, Halo, Apex, where you literally punch someone in the face and you see which one of you fall over first. And Sea of Thieves, there's a lot more strategy involved because of the naval combat. Outsail them. Position your boat so you can force them into poor choices. If they are runners, I promise you, they are going to make a mistake. And you, as the non-runner and the person who believes in strategy, need to be able to capitalize on every single mistake that they make. So, Am I saying get good, son? Yes, I'm saying get good. If you don't like runners, get good. Learn strategy, learn how to be a better salesperson, and figure it out. You can do it. I, I promise you, you can. With that being said, obviously battles that last two, two and a half, three, four hours because someone is doing that is very frustrating and annoying. I do believe, though, I do not like Fortnite or PUBG or Apex Legends. I do believe uh rare in the future maybe down the road um second or third update of the season Um, based on what they see in the data, they need to institute the ability of the circle to shrink. I'm not saying make it shrink quickly. I'm saying after 20 minutes in a match, it should start shrinking very, very slowly and start coming in and coming in and coming in, forcing those matches, which are going long. um, And again, the longer the match is, you know the queue times are also rough. You want to keep that queue fresh. You want get players to continue to crew, uh, to to queue in. So if you start to shrink the circle, you're going to start to end those matches sooner and quicker. And I know for those of you who are out there saying, "But I really like some of these long fights. I've had really good long fights." I understand. I get that. Long, good fights are amazing to have, and they feel really good if you win. Feel bad if you lose, but they're still a good fight. But a shrinking circle would make sure that the players queuing in were cycling through much, much quicker. So I'm not saying that the circle should just go... Like my asshole when I'm scared, what I'm saying is after 20 minutes, they start to move in and maybe they move in one square every five minutes after that or every 10 minutes after that. And it eventually shrinks down to, you know, you have one square of space and that's where it stops. Um, I think uh, I think that would be a good point. A good way in order to keep these matches uh, completing, stopping the runners, um, and making sure that the player pool is staying cycling. Now the special one. And I know many of you at this point have probably guessed what the special one is. This particular item in Sea of Thieves has always been used the exact same way people are using them today. It was used like this in the arena and it was used like this in the adventure. The difference between then and now is with the ability to stock up and only doing PVP fights, you have the ability to have a ridiculous amount of this particular item and it is causing a lot of frustration and a lot of just poor overall game experience. And that is the blunderbomb. I think the blunder bomb is a great tool. I think it's it's something that is very important. I use it all the time, especially in boarding. You can obviously manipulate the direction of a ship. Um, I think it's very very good. However, there are major issues with blunder bombs right now. The reduced space that you have to sail and the maneuverability specifically of the larger ship the galleon and these blunder bombs if you have 4 cannons and you have one person whose sole job is just to fire blunder bombs the entire time you will completely disable that other galleon's ability to turn you will completely take them out of the game as soon as you start that blunder bomb spam the other team cannot break it no matter which way they turn their wheel as long as that person continues to hammer the blunder bombs into a particular Spot on the ship, which is a skill shot, by the way, um, you can keep them right in line, right in your broadside, and win. Now, obviously, if you are a good crew with uh, good cannons, uh, you can knock people off cannons, etc. But the blunderbomb definitely, at this point in the game, with this particular feature, I believe, do need a rework. I don't know what that rework is, I don't know what the balancing is, but with the amount of supplies that you can take into these particular um, events, having someone basically chain-firing blunderbombs the entire time is definitely not a good experience in this game. My my suggestion uh, to Rare, my suggestion is until you figure it out, disable the blunderbomb from being fired out of a cannon. That is my suggestion. You already have a particular ammunition which cannot be thrown. It can only be fired out of a cannon, and that is the cursed cannonball. Make the blunderbomb the opposite of the cursed cannonball, at least for the time being. You can't fire it out of the cannon, but you can still throw it, and I think throwing it is absolutely fine. It's a great thing for melee combat, but... Stop it from being fired out of the cannon. The fire bomb doesn't do much. Um, obviously, it can be an annoyance. It can cause, uh, you know, newer crews a lot of issues, especially on a ship like a galleon. But at the end of the day, the fire bomb doesn't mean a whole lot. It does it just—it's just an annoyance thing. Um, but what I can say is the blunder bomb is causing a lot of issues. Um, right now, because of the sheer amount of them um, that can be put in the barrel, maybe you limit the amount that you can store. Maybe you limit the character holding amount down to two, um, so they have to go back and recharge them more often. Maybe you stop the the in, in a in a in a barrel. Uh, you know, you can only have a stack of twenty. Um, you know, and then you can't put any more blunder bombs in there, whatever. I don't know what it is. I think the easy solution is, is to make them the opposite of curse cannonballs, at least for the time being until a better idea can come out. And that is turn them off where you cannot fire them out of the cannon, but you can still use them as throwables. I think that's personally fine, but it doesn't feel very good when you are getting blunder bombs spammed and you can't do anything. It literally takes you out of the game. Um, it, it, it's, it's a very frustrating thing and quite frankly um, as a player who has used and knows how to use blunder bombs both in cannons and throwing the games aren't as fun if I sit there and just blunder bomb spam you and sink you that way it's just not as fun it's it's i i know wins are fun i know winning is fun but i don't know i don't feel the same sort of success and the same gratification out of a victory when all that i do is put like a couple holes in you with cannonballs and i blunderbomb spam you so you can't repair the holes you get killed you you know you're but you can't turn your boat uh yeah it's I it's i i think they just need to turn them off as as fireable um items and just make them throwable So that is my list of major issues from game breaking to player caused annoyances to, of course, the elephant in the room, which is the blunder bomb right now. Um, I put a poll up on Twitter this week and thank you, everyone who took part in it. I was actually surprised, um, at the results to be completely fair with you. Um, the, the tweet went out and they had a poll attached 364 people responded to that. And so thank you. If you were one of those people who, uh, who jumped on that poll, it gave some really cool insight. So I said in C in, in my experience with C of the season eight, the galleon is the worst experience. Most of the time, uh, to, it has the most time to stock up and there's blunder bomb hell. Um, in those matches, the Bray has been my <coughs> best experience so far. It's very quick to stock up, and it has high maneuverability, uh, <coughs> even when you're getting hit with blunders. So the question for the poll was: Which ship has the best player experience for you? The number one. Uh, well, let's go. Let's go top to bottom because that's that's more fun. Um, with eleven point three percent of the vote, the Galley. With 18.4% of the vote, the brig, so those were the two lowest, was the multiple cruise ship um, with the galley and the brig. The the brig, honestly, 7% um, higher than the galley. Doesn't surprise me. I think the brig is a very fun ship to do. Um, next up, with a huge margin, is 31% said the Solo Sloop. Uh, I've seen some pretty epic battles on Solo Sloop. I am 0-1 with Solo Sloop, by the way. Um, I am way out of practice with solo sloop, uh, found that out the hard way. Um, I am zero and one as a solo slooper, but 31% of you say that the solo sloop is the best experience. And with almost 40% at 39.3%, the duo sloop is the best experience that the community is experiencing right now with season eight. And with what I've seen on stream and my experience with playing that actually surprised me. I thought the brig, um, would probably be closer uh, to the duo sloop I thought the solo uh slooper would be a little bit lower I thought it would be um, like brig duo sloop kind of really close for one two then I thought solo sloop would be close behind and galley would be in the the in, in the toilet um, but really uh, galley is still in the toilet um, but brig's not too far behind and the duo sloop with 40 percent of the vote um, people are really loving that duo, duo sloop so th- thank you again for anyone who took part in that poll Um, i really appreciate that's some really good feedback and and something that i i honestly did not expect that outcome Uh, and i haven't tried duo sloop yet um hopefully i'll be able to do that over the next couple weeks and really see why you guys are saying it's so much fun um i will say i've seen some streams do duo sloop and it does look a lot of fun Uh, The last piece that I want to cover quickly is the MMR system or the um, matchmaking system that's based on skill. Um, Let's put this to bed real quick. Okay, let's put this to bed real quick. Sea of Thieves has never had a competitive matchmaking system. They didn't have it with the arena. They obviously have never had it with um, with the adventure mode. This is something new for them. And because Sea of Thieves does not like to be transparent in what they do, um, they do not have they have not released how that is calculated. Um, but at the end of the day, my guess is it probably has to do with your win loss record. Um, but if you are a player out there that keeps getting trashed on and trashed on and trashed on, and you're not that good, eventually more and more losses you still get allegiance with losses but eventually you're going to be paired with people who are more likely your um right around your skill level i would say if i was part of the team analyzing this mmr system with rare i would want to see 50% that is where and and some of you may not like that answer because, again, you want to win all the time, right? You want to win and get your streak up. You want to win and get your hourglass thing up. But at the end of the day, a good MMR system means you're going to go against crews of equal skill. So you should lose every one that you win. You should have a 50% win rate if you are in your appropriate category. Now, what I will also say is... If Rare does not give this update tender love and care, this is going to be a problem because it doesn't matter what the MMR is. If the system cannot find someone equivalent to you in skill, it's not going to sit there and make you wait forever. It is going to take someone who is the next highest on skill and match you with them, which means you'll probably destroy them. Because the difference between the average Sea of Thieves player, a decent Sea of Thieves player, is huge. The decent the difference between the decent Sea of Thieves player and like NAL uh, Sea of Champions godlike people is pretty high. So the difference between those folks and the average player is stupid high, right? So if if people are getting frustrated with this update. And you can already see it. Hell, some of Sea of Thieves' top PvP streamers are choosing to not use this system because of the game-breaking uh, bugs and because of the issues with blunder bombs. They're just going back to the old-school way of just server-hopping, finding forts to tuck on, and things like that because the game experience is shit. And when they're trying to make content... They don't want a shit game experience. They don't want to come out and automatically take a loss because they don't have cannons. They don't want to come out and have a crew just sit there and blunderbomb them to death. It's just not a fun play experience. And like I said, this update has the potential to be the greatest update. See of these have ever done. But the fact that it's now been an entire week with major game breaking issues and other issues and a major, uh, Arsenal piece and the blunder bomb not being looked at, no hot patches in a week, tells me that Sea of Thieves was not prepared for this update. They were not prepared for the issues of this update, and they are either scrambling or they have no idea how to balance and fix what is currently going on. And what's going to happen if that tender love and care doesn't get put in there? If if we're not going to see consistent balancing and hot fixes to fix these major game-breaking issues, people are going to start stop queuing. And once queue times, I mean, people are already frustrated with five-minute queue times. If queue times on average start to get up to the 10, 15, 20-minute, people are just not going to queue. And then this new system which is a great system for this game is going to die like the arena. I hate to say it. I hate to say it that way. I hate to be the one who says that this system could 100% just disappear. Well, it's going to be there, but not be used. It's definitely a reality that we have to be looking at even just now a week into it, because it's just got some big broken things in it. Is it a lot of fun? Absolutely. Absolutely. The cosmetics you get are cool. The experience is cool. I love the, the diving and, and popping up. I love being able to log in and be like, I just want to PVP. I love that. But it's not going to be a system that lasts, lasts unless Rare takes a very hard look and consistent look i'm not saying look at it each season for your major update i'm saying you should have people looking at it daily every other day there should be a team assessing what is currently the the health state of season eight each week there should be a major meeting at rare where they're looking at live streams they're looking at player statistics they're looking at their mmr system (laughs) they're looking at their stats And they should be assessing it, and if need be, making hotfix changes each and every week to balance it and make it better. Because like I said, people aren't going to hang around if if it continues to be in this state. Guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you're having fun out there. I hope you're getting close to your curses. I know I've got a long way to go, but anymore, I'm just enjoying playing when I can play. Um, talking about the game that I love, and uh, and and eventually I'll get my curses. Eventually, even if I have to queue for thirty minutes because the update's dead uh, in a couple months, uh, I don't think it's going to get that way. I don't think Rare will uh, let it get that way. But mm, I have my concerns right now. <clears throat> next week we'll talk about the new adventure trailer and everything else going on in Sea of Thieves. Take care of yourselves, guys, and each other, and I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.